Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First, and Linda is here with me again. Hi, Linda. Hi, Hannah. Hello, everyone. If you're new, Linda is my mum. And today we are talking about loneliness with psychologist Vanessa Storb, which is a it's a very relevant topic, I think, for what we've just been through. Right, Linda? Well, yes, for some, but for me, I just have there so was many no change. People here, there's no change. I can't get rid of you kids, so you I don't can't. seem to ever be lonely or alone. <laughs> and speaking of loneliness, thank you for joining me on my road trip because I don't think I could have done that on my own. Thank the Lord I was there. Six hours of driving per day by three days, you could go insane. And I actually met someone the other day. I'm in Byron at the moment. And they drove, these two guys, they drove 18 hours in two <gasps> shifts in no, one go. No. Yes. And I was like, my mum told me I have to do it in five days next time. On your own five days. It's so boring. It's so endless. Although we did listen to some good podcasts. We did. We missed my (laughs) challenge from last week, which was listening to those books together. Instead, what did we do? We listened to Dr. Death, which is absolutely brilliant. We listened to Dr. Death and we listened to the Billionaires Boys Club as well. That's right. That was good. But that had beautiful, what's his name, Timothy? Oliphant. Oliphant, absolutely stunning. But I did prefer Dr. Death with all the different interviews. Fantastic. Basically, we spent a few days together and then I have come to, I'm actually this weekend staying at a hostel and I haven't been that lonely, to be honest. Well, probably not in a hostel. I actually went on like a... A kind of a date, I guess, last night. Yes. I don't know if you can call a hostel hookup a date, but we did go to the beach and then went to a restaurant. So, kind of a date. Sort of. He's just messaged me, what are you doing tonight? (laughs) Ooh. So, you made a good impression. Uh, Yes, I did. What did you do at the beach? Frolic in the ocean? No, we actually just had a drink on the beach and then the police walked past. So, we had to ditch our drinks and went to a restaurant. So, he didn't throw you down in the sand and passionately kiss you? No, we did kiss at the beach, which was fun. I haven't done that in a while. (laughs) I'm too scared to ask how old he is. He's either 25 or 45. (laughs) Which one? 20, 27. I'm at a hostel, Linda. What what age do you think? That's true. Oh, yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You, you meet him there. Okay. 45-year-old at a hostel. You never know. Yeah, so a little bit younger than me, but that is okay. So I haven't actually been alone much. So are you going to catch up tonight? Um, Let me tell you if he's responded. Yes, he has. He just sent, he just sent, I'm just lying in bed at the moment. Oh, lovely. <laughs> what, in the next room? No, I don't know where he's, yeah, he's in another room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, when I left you at the hostel, yes. well, actually you dropped me at the airport and then you were going back to the hostel, I did feel quite nervous for you heading back there, not knowing anyone, you said you were slightly nervous. So what happened when you arrived back there? Basically, I had that one guy chat to me in the street. He was the one that I caught up with last night. And then I had another group of guys stop me and we started chatting. So you really haven't had any quiet time? 
No, Were you sitting I there by yourself? I have had a bit of time to myself. But you're not feeling lonely. I think I always find it hard at the start of a trip. I always find it hard to get my groove and to feel, as I said in the Art of Travel episode, hostels are the best place to meet people. So this is really good, this place, because I've been staying in a private room, but they've got like a big communal work area and everyone's working. And it's from- in a very nice spot of Byron behind yeah. all the crazy yeah, action. Right near the beach. Yeah. So I haven't really had a chance to actually spend a lot of time alone. And we were looking at all the tarot readings. Was that what it was? Tarot readings? Yes. Have you gone so and I'm- had one of those silly things? No, I'm booking. <sighs> for a session with my friend who's coming up to visit. So she's already booked us in for a woman that she knows. Okay. So to I will you few, be able to uh, update on my stories life. that yes, will be completely my... made up, but good luck. No. <laughs> and you won't be seeing Chris Hemsworth and Famil on the streets in Byron because I've read that he's gone to the Gold Coast and ah. he's rented a house because he's shooting a movie. That's why I haven't bumped into him yet. Yes. That makes so much more sense. Mark Wahlberg's apparently here and Zac Efron was here, but now he's in Adelaide. Right. So, so no, no, no star spotting to be had. No star spotting, unfortunately. But a lot of shopping to do because I had to give you some stuff to take home because I did quite a bit of shopping. And I put it into your room. Yes. And it was so tidy. I was so surprised. I tidied everything before that I you left. managed to get all that done. Very impressed. I stayed up until about three in the morning to get everything done. I am here this morning with Vanessa Storb. She is a psychologist and the co-founder and director of the Be Well Collective. I'll pop links to her website and her Instagram in the episode notes. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining me. We are today talking about loneliness versus being alone. But I guess first, I'd really love to get to know what you do, a little bit more about Be Well Collective. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for having me. Yes, as you mentioned, I'm the co-founder and director and a psychologist at the Be Well Collective. And we founded the Be Well Collective with the vision that we wanted to really help people thrive Mm -hmm. and be well and live well at all stages of life. The Be Well Collective offers a range of mental health and general wellbeing support services. We offer psychology services, yoga, meditation, breathwork sessions. The main vision, as I said, is to, you know, we're really, really passionate about destigmatizing mental illness, giving people the tools to be well mentally, physically, obviously mental health and physical health are absolutely linked and we want it to be a one-stop shop for people to get all the information and the resources they need and to be able to work with practitioners that use evidence-based approaches and practitioners where they feel genuinely care and are really invested mm-hmm. in helping them you know, be well mentally and physically. Great. I do just want to say to anyone listening that investing in mental health is one of the best investments I made. I see a psychologist between every fortnight and every month pretty much, but it's been, I think it's one of the best investments that you can make. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. And it definitely, I agree with the physical health being really linked to your mental health yeah. for sure. Yeah. So today we're talking about loneliness and I would like to start with what is the difference because we hear a lot about loneliness loneliness, but we don't hear a lot about being alone. So what is the difference between loneliness and being alone? Yeah, look, I think that's a really great question. Loneliness as a definition is when an individual feels lonely, it is very much a negative feeling that they have that is due to their social relationships 
not meeting their social needs. So what do I mean by that? Mm. It generally means that a person doesn't have social relationships that feel good for them. And so, you know, we often hear that, you know, people feel lonely when they have a big group of friends or they're around people. And, and that's, that's very true. People can feel very lonely even when they're surrounded by others because if that group of people that they're surrounded with aren't like-minded or don't have the same interests mm. or don't laugh at the same things or don't validate who they are as a person, it can cause an individual to feel really isolated and lonely. It's like the tribe. Yeah, your tribe. Not having your tribe. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I think when we talk about being alone, feeling alone is the same as lonely. But if someone is is actively choosing to be on their own, then that's a really different thing. And, you know, there's many people that choose to be on their own and in their own company and not have a big tribe, if you like, and they're very content doing that as well. Mm. So when we talk about loneliness, it is very much that subjective feeling and it's a negative feeling, a very pervasive feeling. And there's a real sense of disconnect about who you are as a person and what you need as a person and the people that you're surrounded with. Mm, Yeah. I really relate to that because I think when I'm in like a big dinner and I'm around people that I don't feel like our values are aligned, I feel more lonely than if I'm traveling on my own, meeting people that are like-minded. I feel alone, but not lonely. I feel like I'm in the right place. I think that's a really good distinction to make. They say millennials are more lonely than ever. I read articles all the time saying Mm. it's a loneliness epidemic. Mm. Why do you think this is? And do you think social media has had something to do with it? I think when we talk about loneliness, any person of any age can experience loneliness, but certainly the younger generations and even the older generations do report loneliness more usually because they are living in single-person households, not always, but that can be a contributing factor. Social media can certainly be a contributing factor as well. I think that with regards to millennials, their version often of being connected with others is through social media. So people have, if you like, a misguided idea that if I'm dropping a DM or commenting on someone's post, then I'm connecting with them and I'm seeing what's going on in their life and we're still connected. But as we know, with social media, it can be very curated and not what we see often is a reflection at times of what is happening in the person's real world. Mm. I think too, social media doesn't allow us to truly get to know another person. When we are sitting face-to-face with someone or even just talking to them on the phone, we have more of an opportunity to ask them more detailed questions to get to know who they are more, to hear more about their story, what they've been up to during the week. And with more information comes the opportunity for more connection. Mm. So I think if we're just relying on social media and thinking that's a great way for me to stay connected, it's actually not. It's a good way to stay connected, Mm. but it's not the best way to stay connected. I think too with social media, you know, we can communicate with people from our bedroom, from our couch, and we're not required with social media to step outside our front door and to engage in activities or hobbies or interests that might bring us together with like-minded people that then might help us feel really validated and connected as a person. So social media Mm. removes that opportunity to have genuine real-life experiences with people that truly help us feel connected with others. Mm. I think with people that are single and and I have so experienced this, all your friends have coupled up, my sisters are coupled up, it's like meeting friends in your 30s is is really tough. It is tough. I think because, you know, when you're in your 30s, you're 
usually launched into a career, you're a little bit more time poor, mm. you've got more responsibilities. So there's probably not as many carefree opportunities to meet other like-minded people, but it's still doable. Mm. You know, I like to think that we can make really genuine connections all throughout our lives. Mm. What can be really, really helpful is, you know, really know who you are and what your interests are and what energizes you and what excites you. And, you know, whether it's taking up a new hobby or whether it's, you know, traveling, whatever it is that really, really helps energize you as a person, if there's an activity that you can do where you can become part of a group. Mm, like a meetup. Like a meetup. It could be a meetup. It could be learning kite surfing or surfing for the first time or mm. some people join bushwalking groups. There are lots and lots of groups, interest groups around that people can join where you're doing something you love and it's a bit of fun, but then it also opens up more social opportunities to potentially meet someone else that could become a really great connection and a really good friend for you. Yeah. I actually met someone overseas and the place that I went to, it's like a really community vibe where at dinner on the menus, it says, please put your phones away between like six and nine or something. Yeah, So great. that you sit at dinner and you actually have to talk to all these new people. I've never felt less lonely, but I was traveling alone in that situation where we actually had to put phones away and you can't sit on your phone and pretend to be busy. You have to sit and like talk to other people that you don't know yeah we need more of that it's quite powerful isn't it <laughs> sorry we absolutely it's amazing. need more of it it was amazing yep. imagine if yep. there was a restaurant in melbourne say and you had to go put your phones away and you actually had to all talk to new people yeah it's really unique it was a unique experience it's such a good idea mm. yeah and it is it's quite powerful when you do put the i mean phones are a big distraction yeah. Yeah. i mean technology is amazing and it allows us to do so many things and it it's allowed us to stay connected during the pandemic so there are lots of positives mm. But it is a distraction and, yeah, like you said, just that feeling that you get from putting your phone away and being invested in having a conversation mm. with another person and getting to know them, mm. you know, there's no substitute when we're trying to connect with people. It truly is the best way to go about it. Mm. So how does social isolation, which I think some people wouldn't have experienced prior to COVID but now everyone's mm. in this kind of shared experience of social isolation. How does that affect our mental well-being? Yeah, well, social isolation can increase our sense of loneliness. And what we know, there's a lot of studies and a lot of research being done around social isolation and loneliness and some really interesting stuff's coming out of it. What we're finding is, is that people that have been socially isolated and feel lonely have a high incidence of developing mental health issues such as anxiety and depression. Interestingly too, people are also at higher risk of developing physical issues. So we know that people that are socially isolated and lonely can go on to be physically unwell. Mm. Um, so things like cardiovascular issues, increased stress levels in their body, generally increased levels of inflammation in their body. You know, there's a whole body of research going on now with the role of inflammation in the body and how that gives rise to, to physical health issues, whether it's cardiovascular issues, autoimmune disease, et cetera. So it is a big health concern. And it is something that, you know, the medical profession is paying a lot of attention to. Mm. And certainly a lot of households have struggled during the pandemic. I think particularly the older households mm. where they weren't able to go bowling, you know, do their usual things that they would usually do. Older groups are usually quite invested in those sorts of interest groups and hobbies and having that taken away. And I think too, same with the younger groups or, or single households, a lot of 
persons that live in single households that like to socialise will be out and about doing things and have activities planned and going to restaurants and having trips away booked, etc. So to have all of that taken away and all of a sudden be at home, you know, is really tricky. I, I think people have been as creative as they've been able to be mm. and have Zoomed with people and spoken on the phone and when we've been permitted to walk with another person, you know, outside the house, that's all been good, but it's absolutely been really difficult mm. for people, yeah. I think there's a bit of a misconception that single people must be lonely. Mm. Can you be single and be alone but not be lonely? And what kind of characteristics would you see in a happy single person versus someone that might be single and be feeling quite negative and, and lonely? Mm, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have friends that are single and love life and are very content with that. You can absolutely be single and not feel lonely. And I think the people that are single and that don't feel lonely, they're generally quite well socially connected and that doesn't mean that you need to have 50 friends or 20 friends. It could even be just having one or two really close friends mm. that they're regularly connecting with, family that they're regularly connecting with. They have pretty good quality relationships outside of an intimate relationship that feel fulfilling and therefore they don't feel lonely. They also have their own stuff going on, whether it's pursuing a career or travel, they, they have their own interests that they're pursuing that are not dependent upon another person. And I think, you know, when we talk about personality characteristics, you know, mindset is really, really important. Again, what we know is that people that have genuinely a pretty good mindset with regards to being positive about making connections, being able to open up and be vulnerable with others, mm. being able to trust others, being willing to trust other people and be vulnerable with them. And generally, you know, good social skills. They're traits, if you like, that people possess that tend to do well mm. when they're single or living independently, but still thriving. My psychologist calls it when you said having those like good quality relationships, but you don't need to have 50. He calls it level one friendships. Yeah. He said to me, he's like, you've got a lot of level two friendships where you let people in just a little bit, but you don't have as many, like yeah. my sisters are probably level ones. And so he had challenged me to slowly, slowly become more vulnerable with a couple of other people in my life because level one friendships is what gives you, that's your tribe. Absolutely. Which is now I always think of it as level one friendships. I'm like, is it a level one friendship? (laughs) (laughs) Sussing people out. (laughs) (laughs) And usually it's like an alignment, I guess, on values are the people that I connect with the most. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's where it comes back to really really working on knowing who you are as a person and what you truly value in life, what you truly value in yourself, Mm. in others. And when you're really solid with that and you really know who you are and what you value, it makes it feel much easier to navigate who do I want to commit spending most of my time with versus what are those relationships that perhaps are not making me feel so Mm. great and maybe I can minimise the contact there. And even when you're meeting new friendships, again, if you really know who you are and what you value, you're better able to decide, is this someone that I think I would like to pursue a friendship with? And then, you know, start opening up and being a little bit more vulnerable with to see where that goes. So onto married people, because I think the misconception is that married people must never feel lonely. So can married people who may have a family Mm -hmm. or may not feel loneliness? Absolutely. I mean, again, it's about the quality of your relationship. So if you're living with someone, married with someone, 
and the marriage is not great. You know, you're feeling really disconnected. You know, you're not making time to spend with each other to meet each other's needs. Then people can certainly feel very lonely in their marriage. So remember, loneliness is about how the relationship makes us feel and whether the relationship is meeting our needs as an individual. So if your partner isn't meeting your needs as an individual, you can certainly feel very, very lonely. What I often notice when I'm working with people is couples that have young children, particularly beyond the first child, so they, you know, second child is born, they can start to feel very disconnected because the focus shifts from one another and being tuned into one another to just out of necessity, mm. having to tune in and be very focused on their children and meeting their children's physical and emotional needs. So that's where a bit of a disconnect can start to happen in the relationship and couples can often talk about feeling quite emotionally neglected, physically neglected from their partner. Lack of intimacy in a relationship is also an issue that can cause people to feel disconnected and lonely. Physical touch is really, really important as human beings. We need physical touch, whether it's a kiss from someone that we love, a hug, sexual intimacy. The act of touch helps us feel more intimately connected and seen by another person. So if that intimacy isn't there in a relationship, that's certainly going to be another factor in contributing to loneliness. Mm. And so finally, I guess some practical tips if people are listening and they are feeling lonely and I think at the moment getting out of COVID has been really hard because we've kind of all forgotten how to socialise. What are some sort of practical tips and actions that people could take to curb loneliness? Yeah, look, there's lots of stuff that you can do to curb loneliness, which is the good news. Mm -hmm. You know, working on your social connections, really thinking about the friendships and the people around you and really you know, this is where working with psychologists can be really useful because we can work with you in better understanding what relationships feel good Mm -hmm. and what relationships don't feel good and why and really helping you tune into that and really understanding how to develop and nurture relationships that are really aligned with who you are as a person. So if you generally find that you find it a bit tricky to know whether someone's a good friend to you or you find it tricky to socialise, that's where working with the psychologist can be useful. Developing your social skills. If you're someone that's a bit nervous meeting new people, which many Mm, people are, and not kind of, you know, don't feel that you're good at small talk or don't feel that you're good at cracking jokes or, you know, some people feel very awkward and feel that they don't have the tools or the skills to make new friends and that can feel really overwhelming for people. So again, working on that, working with a psychologist, they're skills that not all people learn growing up Mm. and they're skills that you can absolutely learn at any stage in life. Mm. As I mentioned earlier, joining some hobbies and interest groups, again, knowing who you are, knowing what energises you and trying something new. That's probably and the scariest. Of other people. It's <laughs> yeah. the scariest bit, isn't I'm it, right? Do it. Yeah, wanna, so you're trying something. You said bushwalking group. I'm like, I need to find a bushwalking group because I love bushwalking, <laughs> but I don't really have any friends that come with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, I suppose that's part of that vulnerability, yeah. isn't it? Is that you're trying something new plus putting yourself oh, out yeah. there socially and <laughs> making that small talk and, and potentially meeting your friends. And that can all feel a bit overwhelming. Yeah. But, you know, it can also feel really exciting too if that's feeling anxiety-provoking for you and you've given it a go. It can feel like a really big sense of achievement as well. So, yeah, if you're feeling game, trying something new for the first time or, you know, just 
becoming involved in a regular group where you can get to know people gradually. There's that consistency there. So you can really slowly ease yourself into something. Yeah. I think another really important thing to do if you're feeling lonely is to check your thoughts and check your mindset when you're socializing with other people. And what I mean by that is, is that when people feel really anxious and they don't feel great socially and they find that they have a difficult time making new friends or keeping new friends, sometimes it has to do with anxious thinking or negative thinking styles that can sabotage our relationships for us. So if you're noticing that when you do meet people that you're tending to focus on the negative or you're thinking, oh, they didn't laugh at that, they don't like me, and that's coming up a lot Mm. when you socialise, again, it can be really good just to identify that within yourself and know that a psychologist can help you work through some of that unhelpful thinking style. We know that people that are not lonely are really, really good at thinking realistically and thinking quite positively in the context of their relationships. So it doesn't mean that you ignore red flags or that you ignore bad behaviour, but, you know, if you've met someone new and you organise to catch up for dinner and this person says to you, oh, my goodness, I'm really sorry, I know we've scheduled to catch up tonight, but I'm, I'm held up at work and I can't make it, uh, a person that is quite socially successful and that generally doesn't feel lonely and, and does make friends quite easily will think, oh, no problem, we'll just catch up another time. A person that's more socially anxious, that is more prone to feeling lonely and has a tricky time making new friendships might think, oh, I knew it. Mm. I knew they cancelled. They don't like me. They're just making an excuse because they don't really want to catch up with me tonight. So how we talk to ourselves and the approach of mindset that we have with regards to our social relationships can really make a big difference to how we feel in social relationships and how well we're able to connect with people. Well, that was all my questions. That was really enlightening. Thank you so much. I am going to this is going to this isn't going to make me anxious already thinking about it, but I'm going to try and find a meetup because I'm I'm going to Byron actually for a few months, well, around Byron and Queensland. I and I'm going to be alone, so I'm actually going to try and join one of these groups and find like a do I'm going to do it I'm just going to do it rip the band-aid yeah, off good on you and what a gorgeous place to go bushwalking yeah totally amazing to be honest <laughs> after lockdown I was like I'm in such a for me when I get into this kind of life rut I need to go and like shake up my external world yep. which is what I'm doing yep so <laughs> well done good on you go Thanks. for it and you know think about all the new experiences you can yeah. have while you're there and, and it's really the, the whole the whole thing about the loneliness versus aloneness I think I've had periods of my life where I'm traveling alone and I've never felt less lonely but then I've had times where I'm around my family my friends and I felt incredibly lonely yeah so I don't think yeah that that for me, the two are so different. Yeah, they are. They're really different. Mm. Thanks, Thank Hannah. you so much. Really, really to great you. to chat to you. You're so welcome. <laughs> All right, Linda, what did you think about the loneliness episode? Loneliness and aloneness. I only mentioned Thailand about 20 times. 20 times. Interestingly, we've had a call from you saying that you were missing home. But after is that still two the days. case after two days? Yeah. It's going to take me a little bit of time to acclimatise to not being around the family 24-7. Yes, well, you don't get much time 
for being alone, but I have to say we are recording on a Saturday night and uh, <laughs> Rob Rob has gone out to a little boys' dinner and I am absolutely loving myself sick in this house alone. I have already watched a episode of Hoarders. I yes, because Dad two. won't watch that. He won't, no, he watch, won't reality watch reality it. TV. I've watched two episodes of Bollywood Wives, highly recommended. Yep. And now I'm watching a movie on Amazon, The Lie, and I have made myself a sober noodle salad and just enjoying being alone. You do this every single time Dad goes away for like a boys trip or a weekend. You love, love your alone time. Like and I don't, don't think anyone's here. Ruby's out. I think Alice is out. So I'm not feeling lonely, just very happily alone. alone. But you've always enjoyed, you've been married <laughs> for so long now. I think any any chance that you get to be alone is like treasured time. Correct. So the reason we're recording late, so late. tonight, <laughs> yes, we were meant we were... to be two hours ago. You tell me why yeah, we're late. So I arrived at my new Airbnb. It's 30 minutes outside of Byron. I'm working here until Thursday. And I walked in the door, called mum and was like, oh, I'm going to set up. I had left my other bag at the last place I stayed. So I had to do an hour round trip. But how typical is that of me to leave shit everywhere? Yes. Well, you did leave your handbag in a yep. cafe on, yep. on the road trip, so not. And I, I left my, I already have left my sunglasses at a cafe. They were handed in. I am an absolute mm. mess, but it's like my head's not screwed on properly. As I said, take a photograph of all your luggage. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Like I, at my age, I have to take a photo of where my car is parked. Otherwise, I would lose it. But Mm. the little update was that the American guy that we spoke about, did did I say he was American? We spoke about him in the intro. He had (laughs) – I came back. He he was staying at the same place and he's like, what are you doing back here? And I was like, oh, I left my bag. And he was so cute. He was like, oh, I would have Ubered it out to you. Very nice. So I know my challenge, we missed we missed the books, but how did you go with your challenge from last week? All good, but let's not get into that because not appropriate. But <laughs> let's get on to next week's challenge. And because the episode was about like friendships and about loneliness and about being alone, I thought a good challenge for me was to try to make a new friend because I've Another actually one. will go on like a friendship date because I feel like women in their 30s, we're very set in our ways maybe and we've got our friendship groups and we never, you know, it's awkward to go on these friendship dates. But I've actually had three girls message me on Instagram because I had spoken on another podcast that I do. I had said, I'm going to be in Byron on my own. If anyone knows anyone up here that wants to be my friend. And so, I'm going on a friendship date next Friday. So, that was my chance. the date? We're going to go for a hike together with someone completely random and new (laughs) and (laughs) I'm really out of my comfort zone friendship dating normal dating is fine friendship so do you know do you know anything about her I know she listens to the podcast I've got that's good enough I've got a few girls that have messaged me off off the back of me saying that I'll be all alone up here I am so impressed that women do this and I need to do it more I need to reach out to people and be like hey we both live in Melbourne let's go get a coffee but I'm always too nervous to like put myself out there as a friend yes so I'm gonna 
try and do more of that. But I look forward to hearing about the hike. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, single-minded has taken a bit of a turn. We're not just talking about dating romantically. We're talking yes, about no, friendship da- dating. And it's and gone it's completely <laughs> off track. It's gone. It's about alternative living. It's gone completely off track. But I like the direction that it's going because I actually feel like I'm self-improving. This is my self-help book because I get to interview people and they are improving my life. We will see you next week. See you next Hope week. You enjoyed the episode. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week. <laughs>